Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. Richard Wurmbrand was a Romanian Christian man of Jewish descent who lived at a time when communism was sweeping across Romania and much of Eastern Europe. And in 19... 19- 48, after publicly denouncing communism, he was imprisoned for his Christian beliefs and, and Richard Wurmbrand served a total of 14 years in prison. Uh, now, his story has been written of in a book that many of you might have read called Tortured for Christ, uh, where he describes the torture and the suffering he endured because of his faith in Jesus. Uh, the book tells us that he was frequently beaten his body was mutilated. Uh, he was burnt with branding irons and, and was often locked in ice boxes. And three of his 14 years in prison were actually spent in solitary confinement. And uh, he later wrote that he didn't have sufficient words to describe the pain that he endured. And uh, yet when he finally came out of prison, well, he continued to serve Jesus. He preached the gospel with even greater passion than before. And, and amazingly, Richard Wurmbrandt never became bitter towards his persecutors. Uh, he didn't hate those who'd hurt him. He never denounced his faith in Christ, or as many are doing nowadays, he never deconstructed his faith. No, he stayed fully committed to Christ. And he came out of prison more on fire for Jesus than ever before. And, and uh, you, know, you know, some people will say, well, Well, how's that even possible? Well, it's only possible because he knew that this world was not his home. He was looking ahead to heaven. And and because he lived with an eternal perspective, well, it changed how he lived on earth and and especially how he responded to trials and hardship. You see, Richard Wurmbrand lived on earth, but with heaven in mind and I want to speak to you today across the campuses on the the topic of living on earth with heaven in mind. Now, the Apostle Paul was someone who who could certainly relate to hardship and persecution. And, you know, after he gave his life to Jesus, he suffered greatly for the cause of Christ and was eventually beheaded because of his faith. And in writing to the Galatians, he finishes his letter by saying this in Galatians 6 17 he says from now on don't let anyone trouble me with these things for I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus you know the scriptures tell us that Paul was beaten regularly he was stoned and left for dead he was shipwrecked and and he endured much pain and hardship because he served Jesus Yet Paul never lost sight of what God had called him to because Paul also had an eternal perspective. And in the book of Colossians, uh, he wrote to the church about setting their sights on heaven so that they could overcome all the challenges and all the disappointments that life brings. And I want us to read this passage together from Colossians 3 from verse 1. And Paul writes and he says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. 
Remember, church, heaven is not a fictional place. You know, it's not just uh, something we speak of to make people feel better at funerals. Heaven is a real place. It is the dwelling place of God himself, and it will be the final resting place of all believers one day. And, and Paul says here that we are to set our sights on heaven. Then verse 2, he says, Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. You know, I recently uh, read a story of two sisters uh, years ago who lived very much a, a wild kind of life. They were always going to these wild parties and drinking and get involved, uh, getting involved with all the wrong people. And uh, then they got saved and they gave their lives to Jesus. And, and shortly after that, they received an invitation to another one of these wild parties and they sent their RSVP in these words. They said, we regret that we cannot attend because we recently died. You see, when we give our lives to Christ, well, we die to the things of this world. We, we die to old habits and the way we used to think. Uh, we die to the things that used to have a hold on us. But we can only stay dead to those things if our minds are constantly on heaven and on eternal things. The late Billy Graham, who lived to the age of 99, used to say that my home is heaven. I'm just traveling through this world. You know, one of the things that our family does every year is we, we go on holiday together. It's something we've always prioritized from when our kids were born. And, uh, you know, there's just, you know, there, there's nothing quite like relaxing for a few weeks at the end of the year you know, kind of just lying there in the sun, unwinding uh, from all the pressure and the responsibility. And if you've ever been on a holiday to a nice place, well, you've probably said something similar to what I've said before. You know, especially when you become relaxed and, and comfortable in that environment. And uh, you've probably said, I could easily live here. I'm sure you've said that before. Oh, I could easily live here. You know, but then I have to remind myself that that the holiday place, as great as it is, is and, and as much as it starts to feel like home, well, it's not home. It's a temporary dwelling place. And as believers, we need to be careful that we don't get too comfortable here on earth and that we don't begin to adapt and make this our home because, church, this is not our home. In fact, in uh, Philippians 1.27, Paul says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ you know never forget a church that as Christians we are only temporary residents of this world we are not permanent residents because we are firstly citizens of heaven and and when we live with an eternal perspective well it impacts and changes the decisions that we make in the present and you know, in many ways, Christians are, are meant to be like submarines. You know, a submarine is, is made to travel under the water, yet every submarine comes equipped with a periscope to see the things above the water. So it travels in the water, but its sights are set above the water. And, and as Christians, we have to live and work and, and function in the world 
but our minds and our affections must be set on the things above. So although we are in the world, we are not of this world because we are citizens of heaven. Now, the great preacher and author Vance Havner uh, once said that the tragedy of the times is that we are so obsessed with the temporal that we are ignorant of the eternal. But you know, when we live on earth with heaven in mind, there are some things that we do differently. And I want to just mention a few of them to you today. And I hope wherever you're watching from, you're being encouraged. And maybe you can just give a loud amen right now. That's fantastic. Well, when we live on earth with heaven in mind, the first thing, number one, is that we hold lightly onto the things of this world. You know, it's always a great reminder that we can take nothing with us to heaven one day. You know, everything you own will stay behind. Uh, your new car, it, it can't go with you. The dream house you bought, it's not going with you. The money you worked so hard to earn, it's not going with you, and, and, and someone else is going to one day spend it on your behalf. Your business, it can't go with you. There's nothing that we own in this life that will come with us. And yet so many people hold so tightly onto what they own. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that we, we can't own nice things and, you know, it doesn't mean that we can't enjoy the blessing of God. Of course we can. But just hold these things lightly because whatever we hold too tightly well, eventually ends up getting a hold on us. Now, in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 29, uh, Paul says, Let me say this, dear brothers and sisters, the time that remains is very short. Those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them, for this world as we know it will soon pass away. Now, when my dad was still alive, he was a sports fanatic. And uh, his passion in life was, was his soccer team. Uh, my dad was a diehard Tottenham supporter, which sadly I inherited from him. And, and I say sadly because, well, our team just never wins anything. But, you know, growing up, my dad would often tell us that when he died, he wanted to be cremated so that his ashes could then be sprinkled at White Hart Lane on the field, which at the time was Tottenham's home ground. And and listen, he wasn't joking either. He was adamant that that needed to happen. But when he uh, got diagnosed with terminal liver cancer and, and was told that he only had a month to live, you know, we asked him about this, whether he still wanted that. And, and unsurprisingly, he said, no. You see, my dad lived his whole life as a non-believer and only gave his heart to the Lord weeks before he died. But those few weeks were enough to change his perspective on life and eternity. And, and he realized that he had to let go of the things that he held too tightly. Uh, Rick Warren, who wrote The Purpose Driven Life, uh, said that you will not be in heaven two seconds before you cry out, why did I place so much importance on things that were so temporary? The second thing when we live on earth with heaven in mind is that we overcome trouble and trials. You know, I think we can all agree that COVID has brought much trouble to our lives. I mean, none of us are praising God for COVID and, and all of us have been affected uh, by some degree. But, but even though it's been with us for nearly two years and, and at times it still feels like it's going on forever, COVID 
is only a temporary thing. It won't last forever. And it's the same with all the other hardships and the struggles that we have to endure. They are all temporary when we view them with heaven in mind. In 2 Corinthians 4.17, Paul says that our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone because they're temporary, but the things we cannot see will last forever. You know, without an eternal perspective, trouble and pain and suffering are very difficult to reconcile. If, if you and I can't see beyond our present hardships, well, we will always be overcome by them. And as Christians, we will always face difficulty and hardship. None of us are immune from it. You know, if you think serving Jesus is going to bring you a trouble-free life, well, you're horribly mistaken. Every person who lives as a citizen of heaven on earth will be persecuted and will face troubles of many kinds. That is guaranteed. But when you live with your sight set on the reality of heaven, it changes how we go through pain and suffering and all the other troubles that we face. And, and in the context of eternity, every hardship is temporary. You know, church, never lose that eternal perspective of things. And, you know, I know there are people uh, watching the service today and, 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 and you're going through much trouble because of your commitment to the Lord. My encouragement to you today is simply to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the cross. Set your sights on the realities of heaven and begin to live on earth with heaven in mind. You know, there's such a powerful promise in the book of Revelation, uh, which has always encouraged me in my personal life. And, and it's a promise for everyone who lives with heaven in mind. Revelation 21, 4 says of the Lord that he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. That's because they were only ever temporary things. You know, there's that uh, wonderful old story of a, a woman who was diagnosed with a terminal illness and she'd been given three months to live and and as she was getting her things in order, well, she phoned her pastor one day and asked him to uh, come to her house to discuss some of her final wishes. And, and uh, she told him which song she wanted sung at her funeral, what scriptures she wanted read. Uh, she even told him what outfit she wanted to be buried in. And then she also requested to be buried with her favorite Bible. And uh, then she said to the pastor, she said, I want to be buried with a fork in my right hand well the pastor i mean he didn't want to be disrespectful but he he just kind of looked at the woman not showing how not knowing how to respond to that and uh, the woman then explained and she said uh, in all my years of attending church socials and potluck dinners uh, when the dishes of the main course were being cleared someone would inevitably lean over and say keep your fork she said it was my favorite part of the meal because I knew that something better was coming, like velvety chocolate cake or apple pie. And then she said, so when people see me in that coffin with a fork in my hand, 
and they ask, hey, what's with the fork? She said to the pastor, I want you to tell them, keep your fork. The best is yet to come. You know, church, when we live on earth with heaven in mind, it changes how we go through trials and trouble because we know, we know that by the grace of God, there are better things to come for us. Can you say amen to that? I love what Charles Spurgeon uh, once said. He said, Christian, meditate much on heaven. It will help you press on and to forget the toil of the way. The veil of tears is but the pathway to the better country. The world of trouble is but the stepping stone to a world of bliss. The third thing when we live on earth with heaven in mind is that we live daily with our affairs and relationships in order. You know, one thing I always try to do when I go and leave is to make sure I leave no loose ends for the team to have to sort out. You know, I make sure that everything that I'm responsible for has been taken care of to the best of my ability so that when I'm away, uh, no one has to waste time trying to sort out things that I should have done. And I think that's a great approach to take with regards to life and, and particularly our affairs and our relationships with people. To live each day with all these things in order. Now, most people don't like to think about death, but, you know, the reality is that, well, death could come for any of us at any time. Uh, none of us are guaranteed another 10 or 20 years or, or even a week or a day. We don't know. Any one of us could step into eternity at any moment. But when we live with our minds on heaven and our, and our sight set on eternity, well, we tend not to leave loose ends with regards to our affairs and our relationships. In Ecclesiastes 7 verse 4, the Bible says that a wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool only thinks about having a good time. You know, so many people die with uh, huge amounts of money owing to others, uh, with taxes outstanding, with unforgiveness that was never extended. People die with bitterness and and resentment that festers in their hearts, uh, with relationships broken that could have been mended. But when we understand that we all have to give an account to the Lord for our actions one day, well, we tend to live very differently. The Bible commentator David Guzik says that the best Christian living comes from minds that are fixed on heaven. You know, we've seen in our own country how leaders and, and those in power have pillage the resources of our country people have taken what should have been used to fix South Africa and and to help the poor and they've just put it in their own pockets but you see that's what people do when they live without an eternal perspective you know you basically think you can do what you like without consequences but there are always consequences and and we all have to stand before God one day and give an account of our lives you know, church, when we live with heaven in mind, well, we tend to treat people very differently. You know, we spend our money more wisely. We don't hold grudges and take offenses easily. We work a lot harder at mending and building relationships. Uh, we give thought to the legacy that we leave behind for our children. We're more intentional about what we invest into other people and and we tend to live in a way that is pleasing to God because we understand that everything we do 
has a knock-on effect into eternity. Then fourthly, when we live on earth with heaven in mind, number four, we sow now to reap a heavenly harvest. We sow now to reap a heavenly harvest. You know, one of the great things Jesus taught is that when we give to build God's church and His kingdom, not only are we blessed now, but we also store up treasure in heaven. You know, everything we give to the Lord goes ahead of us to heaven. And in Matthew 6, verse 19, Jesus said, Don't store up treasures here on earth. Earth speaks of the temporary, where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. He says, Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. You know, I think as South Africans, listen, we know all about thieves coming to steal from us. You know, we build high walls and we put up electric fences. We take out insurance policies. People have safes in their homes. We, we set up security systems. And, and we do all of this to prevent others taking what is ours. You know, that's just how things work on earth. And then one day, and when you die, all the things that weren't taken from you, well, you end up forfeiting anyway. I mean, it's, it really is a no-win situation. And, and of course, Jesus knew that. And that's why he told us to store our treasure up in heaven, to send it on ahead of us. Because there, well, it can never be stolen or, 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 or taken or expropriated. You know, no one can take it from you. It never expires, but it just keeps growing and growing and growing for all eternity. Adam Clark in his commentary on the Bible says that if God be the treasure of our souls, then our affections and desires will be placed on things above. An earthly-minded man proves that his treasure is below, but a heavenly-minded man shows that his treasure is above. You know, if you struggle to be generous or to give to God, I think it's probably an indicator that your sights are not properly set on the reality of heaven. You know, if we don't live with heaven in mind, we will always find it hard to let go of our money and, and the things we own. But, but if we live as citizens of heaven, well, we know that whatever we give to the Lord to build His kingdom and advance His church always goes ahead of us. And so we can confidently sow now to later reap a heavenly harvest. And then lastly today, when we live on earth with heaven in mind, we eagerly anticipate seeing Jesus face to face. We eagerly anticipate seeing Jesus face to face. There's that great passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians 13 in verse 12 where uh, Paul writes and he says, we can see and understand only a little about God now, as if we were peering at his reflection in a poor mirror. But someday, someday, he says, we are going to see him in his completeness, face to face. You know, I don't know how that makes you feel, but I, I personally find that thought quite overwhelming. That one day, one day, I will see the Lord face to face. You know, I know some of you watching today have served the Lord for many years and, and the reality is that, 
you know, many of us will go through life having served Jesus for the better part of our lives. You know, if you think about it, we, we worship Jesus. We lift our hands to him in praise and adoration. We sing songs about him and, and to him. You know, we pray to God the Father through Jesus. We, we read about Jesus in the Word. In, in fact, everything in the Bible revolves around Jesus. You know, we tell non-believers about him. We talk about Jesus amongst ourselves as Christians. You know, we share our, our testimony with others about how good he's been to us and, and how he saved us. Every week in church, we, we hear sermons about Jesus. And yet, we've never seen him. Just think about that for a moment. You know, we've, we've seen pictures of him in, in children's Bibles, and uh, we've seen people act as Jesus in movies, but we live our whole lives in service to him, and yet we've never seen him. But one day, we will see him face to face. We will see the fullness of God in all his glory. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we will be so completely overwhelmed. And listen, if, if, if that doesn't get you excited today about the reality of heaven, well, then you have to wonder whether you're actually living for that place. But in that moment, Paul says, we will see the Lord as he really is. We will see our Creator. And we will be completely blown away. And you know what? Nothing else will matter again. The problems we faced, they won't matter. The troubles we went through won't matter. The persecution we experienced, the, the disappointments we went through, none of that will matter when we see Jesus face to face. You know, we've probably all said at some point that when we get to heaven one day, oh, I'm going to ask God about that thing and, and I'm going to question the Lord about those other things that happened and then we're going to go find that other person and talk to him. I don't think so. I just think we'll be so in awe of seeing Jesus face to face that none of those things will ever matter again. Church, what a moment to look forward to as believers. And you know that face-to-face that -face encounter will not just be a once-off thing. You know, it's not like we're going to say, oh, you know, wow, yesterday I saw Jesus face-to-face. -face. It was awesome. No, no, no. Every moment in eternity will be as if you're seeing him for the first time. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.